You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I am Martina Cunha and you are listening to Backstage Talk. Hello everyone, welcome back to Backstage Talk. Today's guest is an amazing, incredible and talented human being. He is an actor, dancer, singer and songwriter. He has been seen in various shows at New York City's 54 Below, at Joe's Pub, the national tour of The Lightning Thief, and can be heard on the original cast recording of the new musical Gay Card. He has also just released two incredible singles on streaming platforms. So Sean, thank you so much for being here. I am honored. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, Tell me a little bit about you. Introduce yourself to my audience. And let's start from there. Yeah, I'm I'm Sean. I live in New York. Um, me and my boyfriend live here. We just moved in together in April. Uh, I got my start performing relatively late, actually. I, prob- I didn't really start performing until I was like 17 years old. Um, and it was just kind of like people were like, hey, I sang in choir my teacher was like, you should audition for a musical. And I was like, I don't know if that's for me. And then within one year, I went from applying to the same college for nursing, got into the nursing program. And then while I was there, they're like, you should audition for the musical theater program because I had just done this performance. And I was like, okay. And I got in and I said, well, I've been having fun with this. I should try it. And if it goes well, it goes well. And if it doesn't go well, I have another maid that I can switch to after one year and it'll be fine. And then by the end of my freshman year, I was in a brand new musical as the lead role, um, like as a world premiere situation. And I was like, okay, maybe this is going well. And then had my first callback for a Broadway show by like the time I was 18. And I was like, okay, I should probably keep doing this. And then um, it's just kind of been like a whirlwind from there. But yeah. And then I also uh, just started releasing my own music, like you said. I love it. So this world premiere situation was Men With Money, right? That one, um, actually, that was a different one. The Ooh. I was very fortunate. I went to Millican University, and um, we had a program there called New Musicals, which is pretty self-explanatory. But um, they had every year for like, um, like some schools call it like J term, or like you'd come back from winter break a little early and take an extra course. And this course would be um, a new musical. They would bring out two writers from usually from New York, um, and they would get to workshop a musical with you know a bunch of eager college students that are like oh my gosh we get to work with these cool writers from new york and i just got incredibly lucky my time there the writers we worked with 
in the course of three years, I did the world premiere of a musical called Golden Gate, which was written by Kuman and Diamond, Michael Kuman and Chris Diamond, um, who now write the music for like uh, Vampir- Vampirina on Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they've done a bunch of other incredible musicals. And then um, I also got to do String by Adam Guan and Sarah Hammond, which was like one of the most wonderful experiences I've ever had. Um, and then also did a show uh, called The Legend of New York with Salzman and Cunningham. And so like by the time that I had graduated college, I had gotten to work with like these incredible musical theater writers with like these great like off-Broadway shows in the city. And like I immediately moved to New York and got to like work with them again, which was really, really great. Um, but yeah, that one was my freshman year was Golden Gate, which was I don't believe it's a show that they're I don't think they're working on it any longer. But um, it's a musical comedy, a very dark musical comedy about uh, people jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> Says. It's cool. I've heard a lot of stories about people jumping up on off of the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, yeah. So yeah, very dark comedy. <laughs> very very dark. Um, very funny, but also like very intense. And so it was. And as like an eighteen year old who was like, I don't really know if this is what I want to do for a living. Going straight into playing like a suicidal main character, I was like, this is okay. I guess I'm really doing this. Like we're going in. <laughs> um, and then things kind of just kept going well from there. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, but let, let's double click on that world premiere of Golden Gate for a minute. How was that yeah. whole experience for you? That was wild because I, at the time, had never been in a new production of something. And now that's kind of become weirdly my MO. That's kind of like the thing I do, um, which I love. I love new material. I would always rather work on a new musical. I mean, obviously, I'll work when I'll work. So if you're looking to hire me, please do. But uh, <laughs> but I love working on a new show because everything just becomes so collaborative. And like you get... you kind of takes all the fear out of making a mistake because things are changing so rapidly and like as an actor you just realize that it's like my job is to interpret this material so the writers in the room can hear it in a way that like it's my job to do the best I can with the material but also like sometimes they're going to listen to it and be like you just did a really great job with that line and that line didn't work and we're cutting it (laughs) and like but because like you got to like And then sometimes they'll be like, oh, you played this scene a completely different way than I was anticipating. And I like that. So now I'm going to tailor the scene or the song to you. And like the first time you get handed a song that's like written for you, you're like, this is the coolest thing in the whole world. Like, this is so exciting. And then I kind of just became obsessed with that kind of collaborative, exciting thing. And I've just been very, very lucky that I somehow have just gotten to work on like a kajillion new musicals. <laughs> that is great. I mean, new musicals are needed. Not yes. that I don't love the classics, but I think that every new show and every new production that's sprouting out of nowhere is so brave. And I just oh love gosh. new things. And there's so many stories to be told that haven't been told. And like sometimes, I mean, like I said, I, I appreciate the classics, but we've hit a point where I'm sometimes I'm like, there's some stories that I think we've probably ran through and we're good. Like we don't need to be telling stories about abusive husbands and how we should forgive them. And like, it's just like, no, I think we should like tell new stories about people who haven't had their voices heard before. And like, that's when things get really exciting. And that's when like you get to see, you know, representation expand and you get to see like stories told that just deserve to be told because they've been silent for so long. Yeah. So you have also been in, a variety of shows at 54 Below. Yes. Um, 
my favorite specifically was Broadway Loves Demi Lovato because I'm a love oh, yes. addict. <laughs> yes. yes, as you should be. I mean, their voice is un- unreal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So how was that? I mean, how was building that show for 54 Below? I mean, it, I've been so lucky to know Ben, who does those shows. And I met Ben, I was doing this thing called 54 Concert Lab, which only happened like for two years. And it was like a way to workshop cabaret material. And so we got to like have five to seven minute slots for three weeks at 54 um, in like a larger show. And then we get to like try something out. Sometimes it would fail miserably. It was always at like 1130 at night. So we were all like tired and like half the audience was wasted and it was fine. (laughs) But like, it was kind of like a safe space to come in and um, just try stuff. And Ben hosted one night and then I sang from Gay Card and he literally on the mic just goes, hold on. A musical theater tenor, you're like, he's, I think he said specifically, a musical theater tenor who can act and hold an A flat. I need to know who you are. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and then he asked me to do uh, Sing Backup for Broadway Loves. Kelly Clarkson was the first mm-hmm. one I did. Um, and then that one was wild because somebody called out the day of the show. And I, at noon, I got a call and he was like, can you learn Already Gone by seven o'clock and i was like yes i can i love let's do this (laughs) um and so and that was kind of like a wonderful first working environment because i got thrown in and it went well and so then and i love working with ben he's a riot and uh yeah so like the demi lovato one was a real real good time that one i only sang backup for but we i think we sang on like every song and there's so many bops in that like repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> I was having the best time. Like, and some of those harmonies were so fun. Marissa Rosen did a bunch of harmonies for that for us. And I loved it. I love doing, I honestly, I really do actually love singing backup. Like there's such an actual art to doing BGVs and like, it's just, it's so much fun. And like, it becomes this like with, with like the right group, which it's always the right group with Ben shows. Like it becomes this really collaborative thing and you don't just feel like you're in the back. You're like, I'm a part of, the band, the performance as a whole, and it's it's so much fun. I love it. Okay, let's go back into musical theater and the shows you've been. You were part of the world premiere of Men With Money. Yeah. It's, oh, I love that show so much. <laughs> go ahead, tell us all about, the, all about it. <laughs> I, this is another, like, truly right place, right time situation. Um, one of my very good friends used to be the stage manager for uh, New York Theater Barn, and every month they would have a presentation of new pieces. And apparently um, there was like, they were doing a 45 minute reading of Men With Money as it was, this was like five years ago. Um, and the they had like a, a big name as like the main guy and he dro- he had to drop out like the day of because he booked a TV show and they were like, he was like, I'm so sorry. And it was, they're like, it's fine, but we'll just find somebody. And so they asked around the room and they're like, do you know anybody that can sing this? And my friend Mackenzie was there and she was like, oh, my friend Sean literally just moved to the city like two weeks ago and he can do this. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. Like, we'll keep him in mind. And then they went over to NYU and they were like hanging out with all the writers there. And they're like, do anybody know anybody that like can sing this? And Adam Guan happened to be at NYU and I had just finished doing string with him. And he was like, oh, this kid I know that just graduated, he's like, like sang my show. Like he can absolutely do this. And they were like, that's the second time we've heard his name. Let's just cast him. Totally blind. Like I sent a YouTube video, I think. And then um, I did that 45 minute. It was like more of like a concert style. And I just absolutely fell in love because, I mean, it's the show is, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, the show is a uh, tribute to classic big Broadway musical theater 
but it's set in a bill always calls it uh the writer bill uh, nelson always calls it as like a, a technicolor version of 1950 and that there's no societal oppression and so it's like a true fantasy world and so like like race isn't an issue a gender isn't an issue like anything and so like the cast can be anything and it's also mostly about queer relationships um and it's it's one of those things where like you don't realize how much like you wanted a big classic love story between you know two gay men until like you're you're experiencing it and you're like oh i always wanted this like and i never we never got it like we just never had an opportunity to like have like the big romantic kiss at the end and like and so i did that that concert reading and i loved it and then i was do, i would do like bmi showing after bmi showing for their classes and like i did it for years um and then they announced that they were doing the world premiere at um the aurora theater in lawrenceville uh georgia it's the most wonderful place to work in the entire world i love them all so much um and i auditioned and they kept me on which i was like super excited about and so i got to go down we did a reading about three months before we went out and did the show and then uh flew back down and we did a full run and we like built the whole show from you know like only doing it at music stands for four years and got to finally like take the stands away and see what happens when like how does that quick change work when you actually have to change a three-piece suit <laughs> and like it was the the most incredible cast i've ever worked with from like literally every member of the cast was at the top of their game at all times the dancers were learning full new choreography for full new sequences every single day and like they would be like sorry we're cutting that whole 32 bar section but now we have a new one and we're changing the choreo and they would all just be like yep let's go and like i was every single member of that cast is like it was a truly beautiful experience like i i walked out of that feeling the most fulfilled about anything i've ever been a part of amazing amazing so you're all about i love it you're all about new shows you have been part of in pieces and forget me not that are two musicals by joey contreras joey um, what has been your favorite part of these new shows or cast recordings i mean working with joey is a blast and as well as his husband brian i mean brian also directs my music videos joey was like he helped film my last music video like i love them so much um in pieces was such a blast because like especially from our perspective you know we come in to go record and like we only know our little part that we're recording and so you like i record this like tenor line i do these like little mini solo things and stuff and then all of a sudden you we get to hear the full thing and it's just like oh like these crazy huge stars are like singing these like amazing things and like oh, it's like oh i'm a part of it that's cool um but that music his music is so fun he like can write a hook like nobody else so catchy um that one and then forget me not it was is so cool i can't wait for people to get to experience more forget me not because we had a really really great time doing a reading of that uh just before covid and it and it's just like oh, it's a wild ride of a show the music is great well hopefully now that we are getting through covid we can see more of that show because yes we need it yeah. and i know we just did some demos for it so i know that they're they're doing some stuff ooh, great 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 <laughs> and fingers yeah You were also seen in The Lightning Thief. Yeah. In the 2014 tour. This was way before um, their Broadway gig. Yeah. And their pre-tour, pre-Broadway tour. Um, how was seeing that show grow so much till Honestly, it got to Broadway? 
Yeah, it was really, really cool, actually, because like the initial Lortel production was then the production we took on tour and we were the first group to do it. So like, oh, and that cast, I mean, we text each other like all the time. We, we're still very good friends. Um, when you ride in a van together for four hours and do shows at six in the morning, like you, yeah. you bond. <laughs> um, but like, what was so amazing about that process was like, they didn't make a show that was, it's like, it's for like a family audience, but it doesn't condescend to children in any capacity. Like it's a very like, try to keep up because like we're asking a lot of you because these kids are risking their lives to fight monsters and stuff. And I loved that it, it felt to me like old classic, like eighties movies where like, no, no, no. Like you're going to be a little scared at times. And like, people are actually in danger and like people die and like things are serious, but it also is like super funny and goofy. And like, I'm using leaf blowers with toilet paper on the end of it. And like, it's uh, watching it then go to like, we did our tour. I knew a couple people that did the tour after us and so I got to like keep up with that. And then when I found out they were expanding into two act, Rob Rikiki is the best. I love him. And like Joe is obviously amazing too. Um, and I was just so excited to see him get to expand on what was already such a tight, great like hour and 15 minute show because he just had so much more good music to write for that show. Like the when they added Good Kid, I was like, well, there you go. Good Kid is such a great song. And like My Grand Plan is amazing. Um, and so I got to see it off at the Lortel again when they did the remount with the two act. And so I saw that one and that was, I absolutely loved it. And then heard about the tour. And then I went back and saw it on Broadway again when uh, they came back. And I was just like, who would have thought a, a little show that we were doing in like one day we would be performing at like a touring house with lights and fog and like everything would be amazing. And like, be like actually incredible and then the next day they'd be like all right we're doing the show in a middle school gym for 50 people the sound system's broken and it's eight in the morning <laughs> and you'd be like okay like it was kind of like constant whiplash and so then to see that little show that we did in like a middle school gym with like a rope hanging hanging next to us to like end up on broadway was really cool I love it. I love it. That is one of my favorite shows. It's so good. <laughs> ever. I didn't get to see it, but my aunt did. And it was amazing. And I mean, the music, the, that whole cast recording is beautiful. I'm so glad they got to do the recording because it's the music's just too good. And like, yeah, it's it's funny. I like I I think there's in the in the theater community, the grand community. I like I think there's a lot of like kind of a lot of nastiness put towards like shows that are aimed at a more like teenage or like family friendly audience mm -hmm. and i like get so annoyed at that concept like i know like the same thing kind of got aimed at like be more chill and i was like i loved both shows and I'm, like we should we should allow the space for shows to be both like smart and funny but also like let teenagers have a show like they, they should be able to come to broadway and see a show that they feel seen in and like that was the thing about both lightning thief and be more chill that i loved is that i like you'd see these like teens in the audience being like oh that's how i feel and like it's really rare that they get a chance to see that on broadway because if they go to see like chicago like what are they gonna get out of that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so let's jump into another new musical that you were part of that has another cast recording and it's gay card yeah what what was the best part of this honestly it was all like so so wonderful that was another like i sang it for a couple BMI classes. I would like help them out. And then they were like, we're doing an album. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, the, the group of people they got 
together for that was so amazing. Like I got to in a studio fall in love with Derek Lena every day. Super <laughs> difficult. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's the nicest guy in the whole world. And like, obviously he's stunning. So like we had the best time recording that. Um, and everybody just like, we, it was a very tight schedule. I think we recorded the entire album in like two, six or seven hour sessions. Wow. Just a lot of singing in a very short period of time. Um, it was very exhausting, but like everyone was so game for it. Like we would just be like, all right, we've got 30 minutes to record all of uh, Follow Me with like the crazy three-part harmonies. And they're like, we're just going to go. And everybody was just like ready to go, rehearsed, knew what their job was. It was just like working with like 25 pros all at once. It was just really, really exciting. That is amazing. Amazing, amazing. And also, again, the music from that show is great. Like that ca so cast fun. recording is great. Yeah, I mean, there was, <laughs> when that came out, um, friends of mine, and I, I told the writers about this, I we went in and we made a cut of, like, on our own, of um, Fake ID, and we took out the interlude, <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, let me tell you, I love the interlude, the interlude's amazing, and I was like, but I want to put this on Party Playlist, because Fake ID is a bop, <laughs> and they were like, oh no, I completely understand. <laughs> What do you think is the biggest challenge a musical theater triple threat or performer can face right now? I mean, it's like the hardest time to possibly be trying to do this. And like, it's always already been the hardest time to try to be a performer. And like right now, it's especially just like, I mean, it's tough. I right now I'm kind of dealing with, there's just not a lot of jobs in the, in the industry to begin with and now there's just like a quarter of those available and yeah. so like you've got thousands and thousands of incredible performers and everyone's just like how are we gonna stay alive and like it's kind of a bloodbath like everyone's just like fighting for all the same roles and like you'll get like i'll get texts from friends being like are you in for this i'm like yeah and i'm like and we're all just being like i was like i hope you get it i hope one of us gets it because like we all are just trying to be employed um it's yeah, it's just kind of like hoping that you're in the right place at the right time and can weasel your way into one of the like 10 shows that are happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's flip coins into your songs because <laughs> you have released two singles that are now on Spotify, Apple Music, the rest of the streaming platforms, um, and they are Boys in the Backseat and Still Got Me, right? I yeah. love them. I I made oh. a playlist a couple of months ago that it's called A Very Happy Playlist. And it, it has all the songs that make me happy. Oh. Um, and the two of them are there. <laughs> so what is your <laughs> writing process like? Um, it's Honestly, it's like it's been so wild because I never thought that I'd be like doing this. But then um, I've been writing music probably for the last five years. And so I have a bunch of original stuff and my process has always just kind of been like if like I kind of just like if a phrase comes to mind or like if like something I don't know, like a deep cut memory or like something like pops into my head I'll just write it in my notes app and then usually I just kind of like there's I, there's never been like a timeline because I've never have been releasing stuff until now and so I was just kind of always like sit around and like maybe if I was like having a glass of wine I'd like sit at the piano and I'd be like oh you know what like that's kind of a cool melody oh you know like 
I bet if I go through my notes app and like find some of the, one of the random things I've written down and I like pick something and be like, Oh, that kind of works. And then all of a sudden there's a song and like, it, I, I don't have any like specific process, which is the, it's like the most like messy songwriter thing to say. Um, <laughs> but like, they just kind of keep happening, which is great. Um, I did re the reason these two actually came together the way they did, uh, was I was in LA for three months um, at the end of last year because me and my boyfriend decided that if we were going to be like sad about the world, we might as well be warm. <laughs> and our friend had a room available and that we could like quarantine it. And we were like, let's just get there, lock ourselves inside. And like, at least we can be warm. And that's all we wanted. Yeah. Um, but I had nothing to do out there because I was still unemployed, but also then I was like really stuck inside. And so I uh, started taking classes through monthly, which is like, it's like master class, but they do like a month long class. And I took a Ryan Tedder music production and songwriting class um, from One Republic. And I was like, I just wanted to know more about production and like mixing. And I was just kind of like this, it felt like a good way to get into it. And the second I started the class, like things just started flying out. Like I wrote three songs in that class. Um, two of them were Boys in the Backseat and Still Got Me. Um, and it taught me so much about like production and like how you can take a song and it can just be like on a piano on a voice memo, but you can expand it on your own to like a demo level that you can then take it to a producer and like be like, this is what I want it to feel like. And so it was hugely educational and like changed how I think about music. And then I was like, I've got these songs and I think they're pretty good. And I was like, what if I just tried releasing them? And I feel insane every day, but it's, it's fun. <laughs> I love it. And it's it's so exciting because it's putting your craft out there. It's putting it out in the world to see it and to hear it, to feel it, and it's I'm I'm just excited for you. Um, can you. can we expect a full album after after these two singles? I really I really want to. Um, the the thing about like, and I'm sure everybody like sort of knows this, but like making music is very expensive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so like I was kind of. I, my plan is to hopefully do an EP and I'm considering doing a crowdfund like Kickstarter situation for it, but I don't know if it's quite the time yet. I think I'm going to try and release one more single on its own and see how much I can expand the audience with singles before I try to like invest money yeah. into doing a full EP because a lot of people it's like, we'll listen to a single, but unless you have like a solid groundwork, if they see five songs in a row, they're like too long. I'm too busy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I want to kind of want to like just kind of keep a momentum going of like, I have a new song, I have a new song. And then hopefully if I get enough people, you know, clamoring for an EP, I want to drop like a, like a six song EP to like start. But, um, but I've, I've been having a blast. I have a full album written. It's just, it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's expensive. Producing music. It's expensive. So it's very expensive. <laughs> you, yeah, that's, yeah, it's literally steps. the only thing. The only thing holding me back is yeah. the financial side, but, yeah. uh, but we'll get there. It's like, I have my, my third single is like planned. I don't have a, a total timeline for it yet. I just have to figure out the, the financial side of it, but yeah. it's, um, I'm hoping like early 2022. That's what year it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. So would you want to start dipping your feet into writing for musical theater specifically or you're just right now as you're an indie artist um i would always cons i'd consider it i'm always like down for anything honestly and like i love a challenge because it makes you better <laughs> like if you have to like try and do something outside of your comfort zone yeah um yeah i mean i technically when i was in college my final 
thesis projects. I was like in our honors program, you had to like do one massive project for your last two years. And I wrote a musical with, uh, with one of my friends and she wrote the book and I wrote the, uh, the music and lyrics. And it was like, I honestly like had a great time. It was super fun. It was also one of the most stressful things I've ever done in my entire yes. life. Um, but some of it actually came out pretty okay and we were like happy with it and like we did a reading and the audience enjoyed it and like got some people crying at the end and i was like all right okay like there was some worthy things in there um but i have it i mean that's just like a whole nother level of like like you know in a single song you're telling a story in three minutes telling a full musical is just like a whole other beast but i would if somebody was like let's write this i'd be like okay let's try <laughs> awesome awesome cross and fingers it happens <laughs> maybe down the road we'll see <laughs> yes okay what would be a piece of advice you would tell a younger version of yourself Ooh, that's a good question um i think it would be like don't put so much pressure on yourself to be like on broadway at as soon as possible and like to be like, there are so many other ways that you will be artistically fulfilled that aren't one of the like 12 shows that you can be mm -hmm. in right now. Like there's so much more to the world in terms of art. And um, it's a very coveted one because it's like incredibly well-paying. And it's also just like, obviously the coolest thing in the world, but like, it's for me, I would t tell myself, be like, it's chill. If you're not on Broadway at 24, most people aren't. <laughs> and I, I felt like, I, I think I had a lot of pressure on myself when I was younger to be like, I graduated college. Now I got to get on Broadway. And it's just like, and then you see like people, you know, sometimes it happens and it's amazing for them, but like your journey is yours and it's chill. It's going to be fine. You're going to get to sing with all of these people that you've loved for years. It's going to be okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, I was on the same mindset. I was, I'm going to graduate college. I'm going to move to New York and whatever happens, but I need to be there before this age. And right now, I am like, I'm 27, in the middle of a pandemic. I am not moving anytime soon, even though Absolutely. I want to. Oh, yeah. If I get there before 30, that's cool. And if it's not yeah. 30, then it will be cool too. <laughs> Th that's the other thing. Cities are always there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you like, and you can leave. Like, I left for, you know, four months and went to LA and I didn't miss anything i wrote two songs and brought them back to new york like it's fine <laughs> yeah absolutely okay one question before we wrap up yeah what's your top five favorite musical theater shows oh <laughs> okay that's a really good one um my gut that's like popping out right now yeah. top show is um fun home i that show just hit me in a part of me that i like It's for me, it's the uh, changing my major, I think, is the first time I ever saw a show where discovering someone's sexuality was like as it was a positive. It wasn't like I'm gay. It was like, mm -hmm. I'm gay. <laughs> And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I like I was a mess the whole time in the theater. I loved it. Um, two, I'm a sucker. Once is my favorite movie of all time. I saw it in theaters when I was like 15 and it changed my life. Um, and I, I love the musical so much. I think the musical is like a perfect companion piece to yes. it. So I probably do once in there um once on this island the the original or the revival um I, i think the revival is the best 
it, it, my per, my personal favorite interpretation yes. of the show. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Um, I, oh my god, I loved it so much. I lost my mind. Alex Newell, how dare you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ooh, now it's getting tricky. Okay, so I've got those three. Oh, this is a this is a tough one. Um, I really love Rack Time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was a wreck during Rack Time. I love that show. <sighs> what I'm trying to think of things that I saw before. Oh, I I'm a sucker for Hades Town. I that show ruined me. Yeah. I was a disaster. That's also gonna it's gonna be my like great white whale of me trying to get into a show. But <laughs> I've been inferred <laughs> a couple times and like it's if it happens, great. But otherwise, yeah. I'm like I will go see that show over and over. I love it so much. <laughs> well, Sean, thank you so much for coming over. Um, if people want to contact you, listen to you, uh, get a hold of you, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me um my website is seandoherty.com um my middle initial is is d for daniel in case you're wondering that's why it's there um i didn't just make a typo um my instagram is Sean D. Doherty as well my twitter is just Sean Doherty cuz a friend was very nice and got me my own at <laughs> um and then you can follow me on spotify also under Sean Doherty and all other streaming services Awesome. Well, Sean, thank you so much. I have loved listening to your story, to your journey, and I cannot wait to whatever is in the future for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.